world's on fire, our culture is disintegrating. Hey, pass the salt. It's time. It's time. Hey, you, pass the salt. You know what, why it's disintegrating? Because we're jellyfish. <laughs> pass the salt, will you? Pass the salt. Pass the salt, amigo. It's time. It's time. I think they could give us a new name. I believe we are Evan Jellyfish. Hey, will you pass the salt? Pass the salt. We need salt over here. It's time for Pass the Salt. Pass the salt. But we like to share the gospel without any backbone to it, see? The views, opinions, and seemingly outrageous comments expressed in this program are based on the Holy Spirit leading of a man called Coach. I gotta ask you this out there, Christian America. It's time for Pass the Salt with a coach, Dave Daubenmeyer. So 1,901, 1901, we're up and running today, 1901 on, what is the 30th day of May, 2023, wow, had another one of those nights, I'm going to maybe talk a little bit about that here today, I don't want to get, uh, had a ministry night, you know what I'm talking about, into the wee hours last night, ministry night, and uh, one of the things about, about doing personal one-on-one ministry, evangelism, whatever. I don't call it evangel, whatever. One-on-one like that, when you're done with it, it's kind of it's kind of hard to get it out of your mind, relax, go to sleep, lay there, replay everything over and over and over again. And I, I, was, uh, I was made aware of something last night as I was uh, going, through the, going through this thing. Everything's, everything's good. Nobody's dead. In fact, you know what I mean? Every, this is, it's hard to have a joyful attitude. It's really, really hard. I'm going to talk about that today. We're going to talk about that today, having a joyful attitude. Uh, you know, I got picked up speeding. I think I told all of you, I got picked up speeding the other morning. Yeah. And when the, when the uh, as the cop pulled me out, those lights were going on. And Michelle could attest to this as she was down here this morning. As the cop gets out of his car, he comes walking up to it. I looked at Michelle and I said, hey, our grandson's still alive. Uh-huh. Our grandson's still alive, right? So it's an attitude of gratitude, as they say. And can I tell you the truth? Most of us don't walk in that, folks. We really, really don't. We really don't walk in an attitude of gratitude. And I want to talk a little bit about that. Hey, we need to pray. Jim Harrison, Jr. his wife, Jan, is going in for a hip replacement, even as we speak right now, right now. So... Myra, would you would you pray for Jan Harrison right now that that all, that all would go good? Because I'm I never had a hip replacement or a knee replacement, but I know what that arthritic from all my football days, what that constant pain is when you got a whatever you know whether it's a sprained ankle or a busted up knee, bad hip that you you can't sleep, you can't do anything, and Jan's been suffering that for quite a while. So she's having surgery this morning. And Myra, let's just well, let's just cover her in prayer here this morning. Would you do that? Yes. Thank you, um, precious Jesus, for allowing us to come together. And Lord, um, we um, uh, we we're going to pray Philippians four nineteen for increase for all of us. But my God shall supply all your need according to His riches in glory by Christ Jesus. And Psalm one fifteen fourteen, the Lord shall increase you more and more, and you and your children. Lord, we pray for blessings upon everybody in this call. But I plead the Lord Jesus Christ in Jesus' name. I pray. Amen. 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 Thank you, Myra. Um, heal up there, Jen. Uh, Tim Tubra is. I talked to Tim yesterday. Keep twisting out there, folks. He's going to jump on a plane. He's going to fly to the annual event this week, next week, whenever it is. Isn't that awesome? Isn't that awesome getting him out here? want all of you, want a lot of you here. Fellowship is important, even more as we see the day approaching. For let us forsake not the assembling of ourselves together, even more as we see that day approaching. And I understand the finances. I, I understand we're all dealing with it. I know that. But folks, there's some things that you ought to, at this time in this place where we find ourselves in America, we ought to be seeking out. And one of them is genuine fellowship. I can promise you this. You will be so encouraged when you, when you come to this event. You'll be encouraged afterwards. When you leave, you'll have a joy in you. But see, you can't look at it that way. If you say, oh, I really got it. I can't get away. I can't afford to get away. And all these thousand excuses why you can't. 
And I would just implore all of you to come. And if look, if it's a financial issue, you can't afford to stay in a hotel. I already said we got campers. We got ten, we got places. If you bring a sleeping bag, we'll, we'll make sure you get taken care of. We just love as as many of you as possible to to be able to to be able to come. So I uh, wanted to throw that out there. Then I, <clears throat> Lord's been at, I was up I was up pretty late last night. Michelle and I both were dealing with something. Not with us. We love each other. I couldn't I. I just can't even, I can't even imagine. I can't even imagine. I get up every morning and I, I thank God that I had another day with her. And can, can I be honest here? I know some of you don't live in a relationship like that. And I'm sorry for you. I'm sorry that you don't. But I, uh, one of the things I want, I want to talk about this morning is uh, why, why, do, why do Christians... Men almost sometimes more than women. Why do why do Christian men get so butthurt? Why do why do Christian men see? I remember the day when guys got mad with each other. They punched each other, and then they they went out and had a beer together, and they moved on. We have we have people who hold grudges. Come on now, you know I'm telling you the truth. But I'm not talking about just here in the queue, although you want me to rattle, rattle off about 10, 10 men who used to be part of this. I don't know where they are anymore. And, and where are they? Where are they? And what, why aren't they here anymore? I know why they're not here. They got butt hurt. They got butt hurt. They'd never be able to play on our football team. They'd, I couldn't put up with it. But the, the, the deal is this. Most of us get butt hurt over the dumbest things. Let me ask you right now. Who are you pissed at this morning? Because I was reminiscing Michelle and I when we were, after we lay there in bed trying to go to sleep last night. Uh, I began to reminisce a little bit about, golly, the people who screwed me over in London. I, I Jay-Z. Huh? And I, I, I tell, I, I, don't take this the wrong way, because I, I want to, this is important for all of us, okay? For all of you out there who say, boy, <laughs> I, I don't want this to sound arrogant. Boy, I'd sure like to be Coach Dave or do what Coach Dave does. Uh, dude, let me tell you something. You don't have any idea the heartache we've walked through to be here. <laughs> I, just, I, just, I, just, I wouldn't will that. I, 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 Michelle and I, as we were talking last night, I said to her, wow, what the devil meant for bad, God meant for good. And I remember when I was in London, and I went through that mess, and at the height of my career, I was on the fast track at the height of my career. It was all gone. Everything I built upon was gone. I literally had to start all over again. And what year would that be? 2000, at 38 years old. It was gone. 38 years old. And I... Hug, hug my little sweetheart last night and say, would you look around at where we are now? Can I tell you why? I'm, I'm, come on, I'm trying to speak to your heart here today. Because I didn't spend, for whatever reason, I didn't spend my life bitter. I, I didn't spend it better, bitter. In fact, that sometimes I just say, Michelle, you know what? He's just an a-hole. <laughs> What are you you going to do? That guy's just an a-hole. Boom. And I'll be daggone if I was going to get up every morning and allow that a-hole to control my day. I wasn't going to do it. And so we're laying there last night, and we started to reminisce a little bit about some of the things that went on on London. And the wounding, even today, on my children that people inflicted. And I look around and say, well, Lord, look where we are, man. Look where we are. And the, the truth of it is, part of it, I, I don't know how we get by this, right? Because Jesus told us that we're to die to ourselves. That is there anything harder than that in all of Christianity than dying to yourself? Really? Hmm. Man, oh man, oh man, oh man. Selfishness, self-centered, me, me, I, my. It's it's a beast. That thing is a beast. And wonder how many times in, in your, your life that you could do what Jesus Christ himself said 
Father, forgive or they don't even know what the hell they're doing. And I was, I was reminiscing last night of all the great things that were going on in London High School in 1999 when the ACLU lawsuit and all that stuff was over. And when I walked away and had to start my whole life all over again, and I looked back over my shoulder and I said, you know what? Every one of those things happened. Everything somebody did to me, they did because they were selfish and bitter and disappointed and they were going to take it out on somebody. And the most, the, the, the one of the truest things of all, they were all bitter people to begin with. And they wanted to settle the score, and they didn't care who they settled the score with. And we'll tell you something, that will eat at you, and that will make you miserable. And make those around you miserable. Hey, listen, dude. Uh, you want to you know what happened? You want to know what happened to me? You, you, you want me to go through? You want me to go replay every one of those plays? You want me to call up? The name of this guy and tell you about him. You want me to call? Because then I'll think about this guy and I'll bring this up. Huh? <laughs> no, sir. I'm going to do what the Bible says. I'm going to kick the dust off my feet and I'm going to move on. And I'm going to thank God that his word says that all things are going to work together for good. Even that a-hole, what he did to me is working for good. It's working for good. Because it's your attitude, old saying, old coaching saying, it's your attitude that creates your altitude. And if your attitude is one that's you're weighted down with every sin that so easily besets us and, and you can't run with patience the race that is set before you, then you're not going to be good to anybody or anything. And I'm going to tell you this. There are a lot of you in here in the queue, including moi, who are carrying a lot of bitterness and unforgiveness. You don't have to say amen. Because if you've walked this earth, huh, somebody having spouse problems. I'll bet you this. I bet you the heart of it is some unforgiveness. Anybody want to argue with it? Huh? It's like I say about my wife. God love her. She forgives, but she never forgets. <laughs> if I do something that I told her I was sorry about six months ago, and I do it again tomorrow, she brings it up, man. She she don't forget. She forgives, but she don't forget, right? And Jesus told us to forgive. Others are trespass. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive others who trespass against us. And I say to all those people in London, Ohio today, God bless you all. Thank you because of what you did. This is 1,901st show. Thank you. Thank you, Lord, that you took that mess and you made this out of it. Thank you, Lord. Was it fun? No, it wasn't fun. Do I want to go through it again? No, I don't want to go through it again. But Lord, thank you for where I am. That's a, that's a tough one to climb over, man. And I'm saying this to you right now because some of you, if I told you right now, grab out, grab a piece of paper and a pencil and write down the name of somebody you're really pissed off at. What are you going to do about it? What are you going to do about it? Well, I'm not going to forgive him. Well, okay. Makes you bitter every stinking day, every step you take. Whether you know it or not, you're bleeding on others. You're bleeding on others. And God's promise is that all things will work together for good. Not everything's good. Not everything's good. Romans chapter 5, I believe, pull it up there real quick. I think I'm in the right spot. Romans chapter, see, see folks, anybody can love everybody if everything's going good. If you're part of the in crowd, oh, I hear that one. I hear that one. Yeah, I'm not, not one of coach's favorites or whatever. Huh? Oh, there it is. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ by whom also we have access by faith into his, to this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. But not only that, we glory in tribulation. When's the last time you gloried in tribulation? Huh? 
Somebody want to tell me the last time you gloried in trivia? Thank you, Lord. Lord, thank you for that a-hole. <laughs> thank you for him. Oh, no, when's the last time you did that? No, no, no. we glory in tribulation. Why? Knowing that tribulation worketh patience. And patience, experience. And experience, hope. And hope maketh us not ashamed. Wow. Because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. Do you guys know this, that we all have a pattern, whether we know it or not, consciously we know it. Do you know that sometimes we tend to treat people the way we were treated and it wasn't good? It becomes, becomes kind of a default position. That's what we do. It's what was done to us, and that's why we do. So in this conversation I had last night, I was replaying some of these things. Some of these things that Michelle and I, when when uh, I came home one day and my wife was kneeling at, at the foot of our bed. That's not the right word. Sobbing at the foot of our bed. I said, what's the matter, honey? She held up the headlines of the local newspaper. Headline, Dobbin Meyer. I think I told this story. Dobbin Meyer, I can't remember what else it says. And I said, well, <laughs> what the heck? Public figure, it is what it is. She says, don't you understand that's your children's name? Wow. Because I've spent a lot of time thinking about me. And hey, baby, that's going to get you in trouble. Some point, that's going to get you in trouble. If you can't get out of the way of you, if it's all about you, you it's going, that catches up to you. And as we just read there, we thank God for those problems. Lord, thank you that you trust me enough to send that guy into my life. And can I tell you something else? After we all everything we just went through with Declan, that's my fallback position now. Any pile of crap that comes into my life, my fallback position is at least our grandson's alive. At least our grandson's alive. I'd much rather my grandson be alive than that person be nice to me. I ain't going to worry about that guy. I ain't going to worry. Because bitterness seeps down deep, seeps down deep. And ultimately, it steals from you. It doesn't huh? steal from that person. I was thinking this morning, I'm going to go in and I'm going to start naming names of all these people over the past. I started over, over. We left our home in 1999 after the lawsuit with the American Civil Liberties Union. I quit my job. Look, I'm not, it's not about me. I'm trying to encourage somebody here. I was top of the, I, I'd just gone undefeated. I just, I just defeated, we had just defeated the American Civil Liberties Union. And I walked away. The Lord, Trying to start up past assault ministries is 19, it's 2000. Quit my job. I didn't have a job. Michelle went back and she taught so I could try to build past assault ministries. The struggles that we had and things that we did. What looked like, uh, what looked like a demotion was a promotion. It was a promotion. It, I took chicken salad. No, no, I took chicken. You know, you know the old saying, right? I took chicken crap and made chicken salad out of it. I didn't whine and moan and complain. Oh, why is me? Woe is me. Oh, I thought it. Sure, I thought it. Yeah, it was hard to get over some of that bitterness. And still today, it's hard to get over that bitterness. Revenge. We always want revenge. Payback. My grandson's alive. I don't ever need another payback ever in my whole life. I don't ever need anything more that can ever top that one experience in my life. Amen. And uh, we have to keep things in perspective. We have to come to this realization that the scripture says that we die to ourselves. It is. 
is not about us. So I want to encourage you out there. I, you know, I, I, just, I just want to encourage you. Do unto others the golden rule. Do unto others. I've got, uh, I'm dealing with a situation now. Well, Michelle will tell you this. She, she uh, hogtied me, laid me down. I saw some guy on the internet who needed money. And I'm kind of being, look, I'm, look, I'm not bragging. Okay. Stay with me. And, uh, the Holy Spirit prompted me to give him some money. I don't even, I casually know him. I don't really know him. Doesn't swim in my circles. Probably didn't deserve it. But I thought, you know what? Maybe I can show the light of the Lord. I'll send that guy 300 bucks. Pass the salt minute from you guys. I'll send him 300 bucks from you guys. And I'd love to be there when he opens up that envelope and that check falls out. Huh? The Bible says that's heaping coals on their head, right? Can I tell you the truth? I'm just guessing, but he's probably said some pretty, not very nice things about me in the past. And I didn't, I didn't call him and make a deal with him, said, if you do this, I'll do this. I just said, all right, Lord. Lord, I don't really want to do this because I don't think that guy deserves it, but I'm going to send him some money. Your money. It'll forever change his attitude. It will, yeah, it will. 300 bucks. And I... I, I shared this once before. Um, just bear with me a second. I got some other stuff I want to show. I'm telling you, this is so important. Some, Are you guys looking at me? Are you looking at me? There's a dynamic that happens in our family when I go and I lay hands on my wife and I begin to pray for her. I'm talking to you men out there. You men who are in a relationship. You say, well, I don't want to pray for her. Well, hell, then suffer. And suffer. And I just prayed for Michelle before I came down because we had a rough night. And she's got a soft, soft heart. Loving, giving heart. She wants everybody to be happy. She was an elementary school teacher, for heaven's sakes. She wants to love everybody. and I'm, I'm willing to kick them in the teeth. I don't, I don't really care, right? Stopping if he were to suffer a stroke. Love of Christ. Still recovering from a fire. Jerry, you can turn that off. The love of Christ compels me to do that. Right? So I guess I'm going to kind of wrap this up here. It's kind of stream of consciousness. You'd be amazed what will happen if you begin the Christian first. Mm-hmm. Rather than waiting on that other person to ask for forgiveness or do whatever. You you do that act of kindness first. You send them that 15 bucks, that 20 bucks. You pick up the phone and you call them. You, hmm. Who's going to be the Christian in this thing? Huh? Bible says you'll know they're Christians by their love. Hmm? Say, dude, look, uh, I ought to send them all a great big card. I ought to send all those people in London a great big card. Thanks for suing me. God bless you. Thanks for suing me. Because you sued me, I got to meet Clay, and I got to meet um, Betty, and I got to meet Myra, and I got to meet Jared, and I got to meet Polly, and I got to meet Mike, and I got to, right? Because of that, are you kidding me? Thank you, Lord. Hey, Lord, you're telling me the truth. Goodness and mercy is following me. All the way everywhere I go, I'm losing old friends and I'm picking up new ones, Lord. Lord, the friends, I went to, we went to, uh, this This will sound arrogant, but I got to share this with you. Here in, in Little Hebron, we always have a parade on Memorial Day. We always do. And I always try to take all my grandkids because I want that all to be, in, oh, I got to share a story on that. 
So we're we're all there yesterday. And I don't I don't know. I it's easy for me to think I'm a public figure. I mean it's easy. And I grew up in that little town. We're all there at the cemetery. Good crowd, probably a couple hundred, 250 people, band marches, all that stuff. And we're standing there and I'm looking around, you know, and I said, golly, these people don't even know who I am. As if they should, right? And then I looked around and thought, golly, I don't even know who they are. Hmm. And then at the end of it, at the end of the ceremonies, Flanders Fields, and I have my grandkids there, and I'm explaining the poem, Flanders Fields. I don't know if you guys have ever heard that or not. I've been reading that at the cemetery every day, every year since I was a kid. My mom would always take us to the Hebron Memorial Day Parade, and the band would march, and this lady would, would read Flanders Field. In Flanders Field, the poppies grow. It goes back to, the, to uh, when guys were dying in the Second World War, that tradition. And I got to thinking, you know, we're fighting wars now. We, we, don't, have, we don't have wars. We have, we have wars on TV. They, they may be fighting in the Gulf War. They might be fighting in Poland. And they may be fighting in the Ukraine. We, we don't know that. huh? We don't know that. Those guys went over to the Gulf War and they fought over them. Anyway, it didn't really, didn't really impact us, did it? Really? And to take my children, grandchildren, and walk through the cemeteries and look at the Ages on there on some of those graves, people born and I'm not making it up. People born in that cemetery, 1719, one of them was little insignia, revolutionary war veteran. I'm trying to explain that to my eight year old grandson David, and he said, "Are you ready?" I said, "David, look at this one. This guy died in 1787 in this old cemetery," and he looks at me. Rampy, he's older than you. <laughs> and then uh, I, I had one of those moments. Where, I'm sorry, I'll, I'll shut up after this. At the end of that, there was six gun salute. Boom! They shoot. They get these little shells, blanks, of course. But they're always in the American Legion with the six gun salute. When I was a kid. We couldn't wait for the six-gun salute because we wanted to go and get the empty shell. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Anybody else do that out there with me? Couldn't wait to, couldn't wait to do it, right? And so uh, I, I told David, my, my little grandson, I said, David, listen, when they get done shooting, <clears throat> go, get, go get a shell. You go get a shell. And he looks up at me. He said, no, we, we train up such sissy boys. He looks up at me. I said, no, David, listen, when you're done, you go over there and you get one of those shells. So kaboom! 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 They're done. When I was a kid, there's a mad rush to the shells. And nobody moves. And the commander of the American Legion Post 285 says, uh, that concludes our Memorial Day service. And I said to David, David, go get a shell. He just looks up at me, looking around. And I grabbed him by the shoulder. I said, listen, you better learn this, David. If you want things in this world, you're going to have to quit worrying about what other people think. If you want that, you're going to go get that thing. Come on, let's go. I grabbed him and we went about 150 feet. We went over there and went up to the guy who had the shells. I said, hey, can my grandson have one of those shells? He said, well, sure. There were no other kids like when I was a kid fighting over those, those shells. And David walked away. And I said, David, listen, in your life, dude, if you want things, you're going to have to go get them. People ain't going to give it to you. You lead the crowd. You don't follow the crowd. You go get the first one and then watch others come and want to get one. Amen. I don't know what that has to do with anything other than we've got to quit being such non, I'm sorry, such conformists. Those of us who carry the name of Christ, we have to be, become more non-conventional. Amen. We have to. And this time, man, oh man, oh man, oh man. All right, I've, I've been all over the place. I, I don't know why. I, I'll tell you why, because... I was, my wife and I were emotionally damaged last night and I didn't have, didn't have sleep. 
I couldn't sleep. And I couldn't sleep because somebody on the other end was bleeding their anger. And I could hear it. I could hear it. And I thought of this. I wonder how many people are angry at me because I didn't return a phone call, didn't return an email, said something they didn't like. And I heard that that deep-seated anger come out as they were speaking. I couldn't get I couldn't get rid of it the rest of the night. Who are you carrying unforgiveness towards, folks? You right there. Hmm. Where's Larry Richardson? Does anybody know where Larry is? I could run down a litany. But I'll bet you this at the at the bottom of it is unforgiveness. Butthurt. Mm, forgive one another. Okay, I'll, I'll shut up. I got some good I got some good stuff to throw in here real quick, huh? Pull up inexcusable silence. Pull that up for me real quick. I'm liking this guy more and more all the time. No, that's not it. Is that what comes up? Click. Oh, I, this, I hate. Maybe this will do it. No, I have no idea what that even is. Oh, this is. <laughs> let's use this one. This one's good. This is one of the things. This is Ken Hoven, Dr. Ken Hoven, Dr. Dino, talking about vibrations, frequencies. This is for you, Mark Trump. Go ahead and play this. I'm going to open it up. Go ahead. You know, why do the birds start chirping an hour before sunrise? He found out the chirping of the birds is a frequency that helps open up the plant cell stomata on the bottom of the leaf, and it lets the plant start breathing in the morning. It helps us the alarm clock and wakes the plant up. He found out that that frequency is found in music, classical music, quite a bit. So he started playing classical music to his cornfield. His neighbors thought, you know, you know, He's a couple fries short of a Happy Meal, but uh, until his corn grew 15 feet tall. And he said, uh, what channel was that you're playing? <laughs> when he played the music to his squash plants, they produced five squash per leaf instead of one. He played it to his black walnut tree and it grew twice as fast as normal. Called Sonic Bloom. It's a combination of vitamins for the plant and special frequencies to open up the stomata. Wow, 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 wow. So ask yourself this. <laughs> what frequency are you putting out when you're talking to people? Huh? Oh, because we're hearing it loud and clear. Oh, we're hearing it loud and clear, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to find that inexcusable signs pulling up. Somebody somebody jump in here real quick. See if I can find it. Yes, Coach. Uh, we're reading uh, Romans 12, 18 through 19. If it be possible, as much as life in you, like peaceable with all of men, deadly, um, dearly beloved, avenge not yourself, but rather give praise unto wrath, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, mm. saith the Lord. Hallelujah. Hey, you'll never get ahead if you spend all your time trying to get even. You can write that one down. Write that one down, Clay. You'll never get ahead if you're spending all of your time trying to get even. Go ahead, Rochelle. Um, Regarding the frequencies, uh, good morning, team. Um, Yeah, there's been a number of studies done, and one of the very interesting ones was they played this with little primates and and with mice and and all of them. But what they can do is they can agitate the creatures by changing these frequencies. And um, I, I think that's the same with humans. Um, it's just they have it down to a scientific method now. So um, anyway, I'll let you continue. Thanks. What's the, what's the frequency you're giving off? What's what, what's the frequency I'm giving off? Giving off because uh, I'm I'm really really aware of that, right? 
Michelle would tell you, those of you who know me really well know that I'm really not what I am here. I mean, I am, but it's really not me. It's really not me. I'm really not selfish. And I, I really don't. I don't. I really don't care. I really don't. But what is the what is the frequency I'm giving off? I wonder. What's what 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 are people picking up from you when they hear you? They hear joy of the Lord. Do they hear forgiveness? Do they hear resentment? Do that what whatever? Are you always hoping somehow you're going to be able to get even? It's a heck of a way to live, isn't it? Heck of a way to live. And the old golden rule: do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Yeah, amen. Pull up the pain of truth. I'm getting to like Jordan Peterson more and more. Jordan Peterson, the pain of truth. I didn't remember him this morning because I'm a little bit under the weather mentally because I didn't hardly go to sleep last night. The pain, is that what comes up? Do the one above it. Do the one inexcusable silence. Try that one. How stupid am I? How stupid am I? Okay, don't, don't worry about it. Well, somebody come in and save me then. The floor's open. We have a self-discipline crisis, okay? We have a self-discipline crisis. Paul, the Apostle Paul said, the things I don't want to do, I do. And the things I do, I don't want to do. Huh? That, that's, that's us. That's us. And the fruit of the Spirit is self-control. Self-control. And at what point are we going to be able to, all of us now, in this this walk together, this growth as human beings, at what point are we going to, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> are we going to be able to rise above our desire to get even or whatever? Amen. I'm stuck. All right, pull up, uh, pull up Truella. See it right there in Spence? It says, Hoven Frequencies, and right on it says Truella. I was thinking about this the other day. Wow. What are you willing to pay? What are you willing to pay? This is Cal Zastro's daughter, Eva. Facing 12 years in prison. Matt Tuella made this, made this video. Think about where we are, how we got to this point. And how, how much of us are being beat down by the forces of darkness around us. Go ahead and play it. Simply by... When there's tyranny and evil in the land, people are going to suffer simply by being faithful to Christ. And it is our duty to make their suffering known to others so people see the tyrants for what they are. And right now, Christians are suffering. There's 23 Christians looking at up to 34 years in federal prison for simply peacefully, prayerfully interposing at the door of the abortion clinic to keep a preborn child from being ripped apart and murdered. So as Christians, we're called to love our neighbor as ourselves. And in God's word, it talks about rescuing the weak and needy, delivering them from the hand of the wicked. It talks about laying our life down like Jesus did. And to love a neighbor, I mean, right now, our neighbors here in the U.S. are being slaughtered, um, dismembered by their own moms and dads. And as a Christian woman, what's my duty before God? What's your duty in this Holocaust? People need to understand that there's a war against Christ by our government. There's a war against Christianity. There's a war against God's people by our government in this nation to totally rid this nation of all Christian influence and to make sure that every Christian who wants to be faithful to Christ is demonized, marginalized, imprisoned. In the days ahead, it's going to become more important for the lesser authorities to realize they should not offer blithe compliance to a lawless, brutal, tyrannical federal government, that their duty is interposition. And we have many examples from history here in our country where lesser authorities interposed against the evil of the superior authority in order to protect people in their jurisdiction. We have it from the past in our country. We have current examples, and we're going to be bringing you some of those examples in the days ahead. Our duty for these Christians, these 23 Christians, is to make their suffering known. You need to tell your pastor. You need to tell your fellow Christians. Maybe you can put a sign out in front of your house. 
we need to rally to these brothers and sisters and let them know that we care. And we can do that in part by giving on behalf of their needs in the situation they find themselves in right now. Please do that. So I was talking to Michelle yesterday, last night, maybe it was the last night. <clears throat> why, is, why is legal justice so expensive? Does anybody know? Why, why, why is it? Why is it so expensive? So these, Eva is facing, what did they say, 18 years in jail for merely sitting outside of an abortion clinic. And why does it require so much money for her simply to be able to defend herself? And that was a constitutional right. The constitutional right. You say, well, Coach, she can get a public defender. Yeah, she can get a public defender. And I, I fall back to when uh, we were trying to help Dr. Ken Hoven down in Pensacola, Florida, when they were trying to throw him in jail. We got in contact with the best defense attorney down there. And uh, asked him, I asked him, told him I was going to raise some money for Dr. Hoven. And we were going to uh, try to get him out of jail and wondered if maybe he would help defend him. And I'll never forget what the guy said. He said, uh, he said it'll take at least $400,000 because if I pick up this case, I'm done here in this county. Hmm. That is within the system, right? Within the system. And then I fall back on this one. They call it the FACE Act Federal Access to Clinic Entrances. Face Act, that's a violation to, to block an abortion clinic. They didn't block it. But to block it, folks, that's not even a constitutional right anymore. The right to have an abortion is not a constitutional right. How can that possibly be a face violation? I don't know. Dale, come on in. You know a thing or two about this. Yeah, a couple things. Matter of fact, I was, you know, where I'm working at, uh, John Kolchevac. He goes back to the days of rescue back in the 80s. He goes to my church. And I told him, I said, you know, one of the problems I said that happened when Clinton signed that thing in law, we should have not stopped rescuing. We should have bombarded the doors with rescuing. It would put that face charge in check. But what happened? Fear, coach. Fear gripped the heart of the people and they stopped rescuing at that point. Because they were, brother, they used to rescue downhill, Bill Shanks and him. They would rescue literally. Dale, Dale, explain, a, explain a rescue. Explain a okay. rescue. Well, back back before, uh, I think it was 95, whenever, when they did face, they would just go and sit in front of the doors peacefully and, and uh, you know, cause little baby boys and girls to have another chance, another day to live. They, and the, they, they sat down and did not let people go in to get them an abortion. That's exactly it, brother. That's that's all they did. And so they they would be they would be arrested, actually ticketed. They would bring them like to a gymnasium, give them a twenty five dollar fine. They would go out and then they would go right back to the clinic and do it all over again because it was just a simple ticket. But when Clinton signed that face act, that thing right there. You remember what you said a couple few weeks ago? What are the tactics of the devil? The first one is fear. And fear gripped the hearts and they froze. They they stopped rescuing at that point. So, you know, brother, I, when you when you talk about these decisions, you know, if you did not do the things you did, I think I would never have known you. Flip Benham would have never known you. Rusty, I mean, just the 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 plethora of people that that, you know, simple little choices that we make today literally pave the way of what's coming tomorrow. It's it's again it's tyrannical overreach of government. Tyrannical overreach of government. I'm sending this to you right now, uh Spence. Um because I want to I want to investigate this a little bit more. Uh, go ahead. Go ahead. Come on in come on in Clay. Well I think the reason it's so expensive is because they want you to to lose even if you win in their eyes. They want to break you. Mm-hmm. They don't want you to question a tyranny or uh, the law. They just want you to be compliant. Whether you're, whether it's right or wrong, they just want to keep you quiet, keep the courts clear, and make you pay one way or the other. So, so uh, I don't know if Roger's in here. Or not, not to, he's the only attorney I know in here, and I don't want to put him on the spot. <clears throat> but... I don't, what what's an attorney cost? Three hundred dollars an hour? I, I don't know. Three hundred, two fifty, four four hundred. 
some of them thousand dollars an hour. How can how can that be legal? When you have a constitutional right to be defended, how can that be? How can that possibly be legal? But it's a system. Let me let me go back here. Freedom access to clinic entrances for those of you who don't know was passed in May of 1994 by Bill Clinton. That's what these people are going to be are on trial for. Prohibits three things: use of physical force, threat of physical force, or a physical obstruction to intentionally injure, intimidate, interfere with, or attempt to injure, intimidate, or interfere with a person who is obtaining an abortion. So for you to to put your body in front of a door to block somebody from uh, getting an abortion, that's a federal violation, thanks to Bill Clinton and whatever. And the use of physical force, threat of it, and then the third one is intentional damage or destruction of a reproductive health facility. Folks, it's sometimes 25, 30 years in jail. And so Dale said it used to just be a misdemeanor, but when they put some teeth into it, then people stop blocking. They call them rescues. You've heard of Operation Rescue. That's what Operation Rescue did. They went and sat in front of a, they laid down their lives in front of the abortion clinic door and rescued those children who are being led to slaughter. It's a clear violation. You have a right to do it. Anyway, I don't get bogged down on that. Joe Allen and Gene. Sorry, man, I'm all over the place today. I admit it. Go, Joe. Gene, go ahead while we wait on Joe. To- okay. There's things that we have to instill in our mind. We don't have constitutional rights. Nobody does. The Constitution was written for our servants to take an oath to uphold so we have our unalienable rights. That's right. That's They're trying to screw with our mind when they say that. That's right. So go to Webster's. Go to Webster's real quick. Boom. Go to Webster. It's important we know this. Inalienable. I N. It's actually inalienable. You you apply a lien against somebody, right, folks? You understand what a lien is? They put a lien against your business, a lien against your home. So unalienable means they cannot be legally or justly alienated, alienated or transferred to another person. Your rights are in. Unalienable, inalienable. You cannot give away certain of your rights. You cannot do it. And whether you know it or not, blocking an abortion clinic is a God-given right. That's and anyway, that's 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 where the mess is. So our rights are not granted by the government, they're granted by God. That's why the Second Amendment, the right to keep and bear arms, is inalienable. It cannot be taken away from you. It is God-given. You cannot transfer it to another, and you cannot even give it up. In fact, your right, your duty to stand up and speak against darkness is inalienable. In other words, you will not be able to stand before God and say, Lord, I couldn't do it because the government said that I couldn't. And the Lord's going to say, sorry, dude, that is not an excuse. Your obligation to protect those children is inalienable. You cannot get rid of it. You cannot shirk that responsibility. So when a person driven by their conscience shows up at an abortion clinic and lays down in front of the door to protect a baby, the right to do that is inalienable. Huh? It is. But if we think it's a constitutional right, a right granted by the Constitution, then we got it all backwards. Dale, you still got your hand up. Uh, no, Coach, because I had a couple things. First thing is I always say the street preachers, when I hear them, I have a constitutional right. I said, brother, you need to throw that thing out. That's a pile oh. of garbage. I say, you have a biblical mandate. That trumps any constitutional right. The second thing is I want to go back when you were talking about that attorney down there helping Ken Ham. You know, that's what happened with Tony Spell. You know, Rittenberg, Wittenberg, when he took on Tony Spell's case, that's exactly what he said. He said, this could cost me my career in the Baton Rouge area. Coach, you know what had happened? His career exploded in the Baton Rouge area. And mm. he's also now part of, I don't know if you're aware, Tony Spell has now filed 
the personal lawsuit against John Dumbbell Edwards. And so because he's won everything else and now he's going after him for like some $5 million. But Wittenbrink, he also took on even my son's case. He, I've talked to him. He says, my, my, my phone has rung off the wall. I'm telling you, folks, when you step out in faith, when you do what God has called you to do, coach, what you've done, look, look what has transpired in your life now. You can't write it. Brother, you can't write these things, brother, because you trust God. You don't succumb to the fear. And Dale, we have lost all of us. All of us have lost our generational responsibility. Through our own, through our own behavior, our own actions, our grandchildren will either be better off or worse off, depending on what we do. We cannot shirk that responsibility, no matter what. Coach, I, I'm going to interject here one more thing. My wife and I are having a conversation. We do this, you know, of course, you know, we homeschool. So we're doing American civil government, right? And here's Levi, my youngest son, Levi. He's 18 and I, and we're doing, we're doing like Jeopardy on the Constitution. Brother Levi could blast off the 18 of the, of the, of the uh, constitutional amendments that we have, brother. I looked at Michelle. I said, he is, he's witty. I said, he, 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 his six foot three presence draws attention when he walks into the room. I said, maybe God has called him to be a politician to begin to turn the tables. Yeah, maybe, huh? Because the pendulum certainly has to swing at some point, right? But you know that what's going on with all the J6ers is they're all being tried in D.C., being tried in D.C. And I don't know if you know this or not, uh, Dale, our common friend Isaac Yoder was just found guilty of three misdemeanors on January 6th. Just found guilty. He's being sentenced. He's being sentenced. Sentencing coming up in uh, August. I think Michelle said August. One of the most peaceful, loving, good guys you will ever meet in your life. Guilty of three misdemeanors. Hmm. For uh, exercising a constitutional right to peaceably assemble. To petition his government for a redress of grievances. He said, well, yeah, but coach, there was violence there. Well, maybe there was, but he didn't do anything. All he did, coach, was walked in the building. He didn't do, he didn't do anything. You, I know him just as well as you do. Brother, there is that you can't even get that guy to speak, man. He all he does is serve, serve, serve. He walked into the building, and this is the result. Stuart Rhodes, 18 years. 18 years. 18 years. Head of Oath Keepers. 18 years. By the way, don't forget uh, tomorrow night, Wednesday night, our 911 special, right? With Richard Gage, it's going. That's going. That's going to be. That'll be a good one. Jack, come on in. I know this is up your alley, Jack. Yeah, you can't start with abortion, folks. You got to start with the Supreme Court's initial ruling that the practice of law is a common right of man and cannot be licensed. Let's start there. See, we don't know these things, so we're out here trying to hire a lawyer for. $400 an hour to practice law that can't be licensed. See how, how backwards we got it? We, we didn't protest the Fourth Amendment abuses of the Patriot Act. We just said, oh, we need to be secure. Wait a minute. That's wrong. Dead, dead wrong. And so when you go to the abortion clinic and they go, well, you didn't, you didn't object to this and you didn't object to this, you're going to lose this one. So we have to learn that it's this one issue voter or one issue uh, ideology does not work. That's what Glenn was saying before. So what are the chances any of you out there really now, if you are charged with a federal crime, what do you suppose the odds are of you getting off? Without emptying your bank account and leveraging your house. And what, what, what do you suppose the odds are of you getting off? Hmm. Yeah, Joe zero. zero, zero. I'd agree with that. Okay, pull up Ricky Schroeder real quick, and then we're gonna and we'll get out of here again. I, I had a traumatic traumatic tonight, so bear with me if this wasn't top top shelf today. Uh, you guys remember him, don't you? you? Guys remember Ricky Ricky Schroeder? Well, here's Rick Schroeder today. Go ahead. 
child actor Rick Schroeder recently released a video of a childhood experience he had in Hollywood where he believes he met members of this cult. Let me explain. When I was young, I couldn't drive yet. Uh, I was hanging out with the older guys. And uh, on Point Doom, and somebody popped in a cassette tape into a VHS player. And there was a room with a body, I believe it was a male, laying on a table. And uh, people came around the room. It was dimly lit, but they had hoods and robes on. And uh, they had some sort of ritual where they took out a knife and they cut him down the side. It was his right side. And they took out parts of him and the blood started flowing and they were chanting and um, some there was women there and they took off their clothes and then they took the blood and they smeared it on their bodies and started to be sexual with each other it was uh, quite disturbing to see and so uh they gave me the cassette, and I took the cassette to somebody I trusted, and I, we watched it, and uh, they said, never watch that again, and give it back to whoever gave it to you. So I did that, but I was always confused about why they didn't ask where it came from. And so... I believe that I met some of the cult members when I was younger. If in fact we have no accountability or justice, it could be because these people that are supposed to bring us justice and protect and defend the Constitution are corrupted by this cult. I have no fear of them. You know, I only fear Jesus. And so. Perhaps whoever's investigating these folks needs to go, we need to go a layer below the top and come up from the mid-level who are not cult members, or been blackmailed by the cult possibly, because uh, that's the only explanation I have for why we haven't had accountability and justice for what they've done to America and continue to do to America while we all just watch. So I share this with the hope that those mid-level people that are investigating in the FBI and the CIA will understand that their superiors, perhaps, will never give us justice because of the level of blackmail involved. All right, that's off my chest. That feels better. Now you all know. God bless America. And God bless those trying to defeat this cult. In Jesus' name, I give you this message. Amen. Amen. Wow. Huh? Wow. I'll never forget that. Let me, let me finish with this story. I, uh, just before I got sued by the American Civil Liberties Union and London, Ohio, I interviewed for a job at a, at a very, very prestigious school in the Cleveland area called Brush High School, Lindhurst Brush. Top level, very wealthy, wealthy community. They called me to come for an interview. And they were going to offer me the job. I knew they were going to offer me the job. And uh, <clears throat> boy, the lure, the lure of the of the things of the world to the things that you can own, the things that the power that comes along with that was unbelievably tempting. And I guess I want you to understand that sometimes the Lord can bless you with good things. I'm sorry, said that wrong. Sometimes the enemy can bless you with good things. But it was really nothing but a trap. 
And I think I shared this with you before. My wife and I, after the interview, because we went home and we were walking down, went for a walk because this is the advancement of my career. This is the next step. I was on the fast track. And trying to decide whether to do it and what's best for our family. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me. I could show you the spot where I was standing when the Holy Spirit said to me, can you be bought? Wow. What do you say? I looked at Michelle and said, we're going to stay here. And had I followed that blessing of the devil, oh yeah, oh yeah, had I followed that blessing of the devil, look what we would have missed. Huh? Because the promise is all things work together for good. That which doesn't kill you only makes you stronger. God bless you. See you tomorrow.